This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Colosso Supremo. Go! The premier destination for soccer talk with Emmy Award winning play-by-play man Dan Dilley. Squirt! And international soccer savant Rick Tittle. Work it, work it. Let's kick it off. Well, we're back, Rick, with a Champions League edition of Golazo Supremo. Go! <laughs> Why are you crying? That's for Tottenham. That's my oh. uh, Golazo Supremo. Uh, don't cry. They didn't lose. Don't cry for me, Tottenham Hotspur. Think about some of the other ones, Evita. When yes, you think thank about, you. yeah, I mean, that could have been worse. It sure could have been. And we can talk about my Chelsea side and their debacle. As we will look at the Champions League, of course, we will have a look at uh, Premier League Match Day 5, which is in the books. Match Day 6 is coming up. Story time with Uncle Ricky and possible travel plans for maybe uh, a worldly member. We'll see. Well, well, I mean, maybe we'll if get If it to happens, it. I'll announce it next pod. And if it doesn't happen, then don't announce it, but maybe I have my own oh. bit of news, a little newslet for you, for all you... Tia are. Maria in Madrid? You never know. You never know. It's time, and uh, maybe it's a trip to go see Atleti, Madrid's new favorite team, oh. and we'll, we'll take a look at that as well. But first, Rick, Champions League, it's here. 32 teams duking it out. And uh, I actually was doing a little research so I could see if I can get the song down. It's De Meister, De Bestin, Le Grand Equipe, The Champions. Right. That's now, how they roll. Now, out. the only thing is, normally you would say Le Grand, but if you begin the next word with a vowel, then you pronounce the S. So you say Le Grand Equipe. Oh, in, in French. Yes. Look at you. En Francais, yes. So, yes. So, the Champions League is here. It's back among us. What- it's kind of like, as I interrupt you again with a French Always. lesson. We. Oui. <laughs> it's like uh, Paris Saint-Germain, because it's a T going to a G. But if you have Etienne, then you pronounce a T, you say Saint-Etienne. So, it depends on the vowel, and you pronounce that last... That last consonant going in. Very constantly with the consonant. Instead of yes. a Saint-Etienne, which wouldn't flow as well as Saint-Etienne. Yeah, because Saint, it's sort of like how the English can't say two vowels together without an R. They have R! To- <laughs> the pirate portion of the language. <laughs> right. So, um, they can't say Godzilla attacks. It's Godzilla attacks. Mm, makes yeah. perfect sense, yes. the, way, uh, the way you spell it out for <clears throat> us, Rick. Where would you like to begin? We should probably start with Tottenham and, mm-hmm. and uh, throw the rat in the table, as Guru likes to say. And it's one of my favorite expressions. Throw the cockerel on the table. Yes. And in this case, maybe the, the, the butterscotch. Throw the butterscotch <laughs> somehow on the table. And in this case, All it right. is... An awkward 2-2 draw against a team that had to qualify to get into the Champions League. Olympiacos, they looked good. They looked up to the to the test, but Tottenham just continuing to give gifts, Rick. Well, it's an interesting equation when you think about how this was the quote-unquote easy game 
on the schedule. They still have to, of course, go to uh, Serbia's capital to take on Red Star, which is not going to be easy. It's probably half the mafia will be in that crowd there. Don't quote me on it, <laughs> even though I just said it on a podcast, which is available worldwide. But <laughs> Olympiakos is like the Yankees of Greece. There's, they're no slouch, which, slouch which, whatsoever. They've won dozens and dozens of titles. They played like a Premier League team. I kind of felt like Tottenham was playing Arsenal or something relentless attack, which you do not see a lot on the continent. And every guy on their team was five foot three and ran like a four, four forty. I give them credit because Tottenham got up to nil and they absolutely took their foot off the gas. Harry Kane said that goal right before halftime in the 44th minute kind of changed the, uh, the equation, but some questionable lineups. Uh, I mean, I love Davison Sanchez as a center back, but he's not fast enough to play wing back. On the left, even though I'm not a big Serge Aurier fan, he's very, very fast. That's what he has. That's what I probably would have gone with. Um, and then you look at uh, Davis on the other side, who I like, and he, people were running right by him as well. So uh, I give Olympiacos credit. They really played better than Tottenham for 90 minutes. Lucas Moura, I think, makes a strong statement for additional playing time. And I know that uh, Tottenham didn't use your guy, Sonny Boy, Son, not on the pitch. So, Until late, yeah. Right. So not really your normal, quote, starting unit out there. But to blow a two-goal lead at any stage of any competition, got to be a bit unsettling, especially when it comes via the foot, the reckless challenge from Jan Vertonghen, who's already somewhat in uh, Pocatino's doghouse. Um, yeah, it was not a good play. Um, I, I love the guy. Uh, he made a mistake. I still would start him 100 times out of 100. I love he and Toby together, that whole Ajax connection. I will say, on this season so far, and really the second half of last season, I have not seen a lot of Deli Alley. And um, he's got tremendous individual skill, but uh, he's not a factor. Now, it's not like, where's Harry Kane in this game? Well, Harry Kane, in order to get the ball, sometimes has to come into his own half because he's not getting any service. There's a difference between a guy who's not getting service and a guy who's not having an effect on the game. And so when you go like for like sub, when you put on a striker for a striker, as they did with Sun for Ali, I just wish they had had a little bit more. When they put on Sissoko for Ndombele, I know that Ndombele has been a little hurt, but you just got slower. So what Pochettino did in that game, trying to take on... Remember when the Sharks lost to Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Finals? They said it was speed, we need to get faster. Well, Tottenham needed to get faster, and with the subs, they actually got slower. That's not good. That's no. not good, especially when you're going up against a very fast Olympiacos team. So it's 2-2 for Tottenham, first of six matches in Group B. Elsewhere, Bayern with the, the early victory, 3 nothing. Over uh, Krevnia Zvezda? That is Red Star Belgrade. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And that was uh, polished off in Group B. Up next, Tottenham, a trip to Germany, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, in London. Oh, it's in London. Yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be Tuesday the 1st, I believe, of October at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And that will be essentially, what, five days before the Raiders then play on yes. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What does a football game due to the pitch before a football game. Well, they have two different pitches. Oh, they rolled one out. And it's like a matchbox. In fact, the guy who invented that, I think it was either at 20 Enskede or Vitesse Arnhem, he had a matchbox one day and he was sliding in and out. He goes, why can't we do this with a pitch? And that was originally for a dome. Let's let the sun bake it and water it, right. and then it's time for a game. We'll slide it in. They have that in Arizona, of course, where they, the, uh, the oh, Cardinals play. That they pitch do. also gets rolled okay. out. Okay. 
So do they have just one field there though? Or they have two different. So they have they have one thing, but they lay in the the field for the NFL and slide it in, and then they pull it out. You might remember um, when USA '94 we had we had Pontiac Silverdome, right? But they couldn't have plastic. You could have a plastic pitch at the Canadian World Cup for the women, but you couldn't have it for the men. Yeah. So they brought in hexagonal grass pieces and they stitched them together. So when Winalda scored that goal against Switzerland, it was on a sort of a D&D hexagonal board. It's crazy. Yes. That's Rick Tittle. It's uh, an episode of Qbert here as we <laughs> revisit 80s video games. Golasso Supremo. Let's go to group A, if we can, quickly with... Uh, the absolute stunner of the first round. Not that PSG beat Real Madrid, but the fact that it was 3-0. It was a good old-fashioned beatdown by Paris Saint-Germain, who always, always good in the group, never seems to matriculate through the knockout stages. But for one day, PSG reigns supreme. And that will be Pogatino's next job, by the way. He always says, PSG is my team. That'll always be my team. So at some point, he'll be back there. As the skipper. How about Neymar, though? When you ask away and you don't get your wish, and then you have a tremendous goal. And uh, so I understand, as Canseco would say, the French fans, the Bouillets. Canseco, boo, home run, yay. <laughs> but this is actually France. Um, but that's the thing, you know, like uh, Pogatino says, well, you know, Christian Eriksen never asked to leave. He just said, I'm looking for a new challenge. It's like, ah, eh, semantics. But Neymar, you know, remember we talked about how Messi was mad. They didn't get Neymar back, but uh, he's a great player, so enjoy him. Yeah, PSG with a dominant performance uh, early on. Uh, Club Bruges, Bruges and Galatasaray play to a draw and the other side in that group. By the way, Victor Wanyama, the new signing for Bruges. Okay. The the Kenyan midfielder, formerly of Tottenham. And he's formerly of Tottenham, yes. So he's now uh, with Club Bruges. One of my favorite cities in Europe, and I have a Club Bruges polo, an Adidas one. It's very nice. I wish it still fit me. Bruges was one of the, uh, <laughs> the great secret cities that I also visited in 1993 on our way to Ustend mm. to catch the ferry, of yeah. course, over to, uh, I think we took it to Dover. Yeah, I've done the Ustend route. That is the cattle boat. Yeah, that no is, doubt. <laughs> no that doubt. Is, uh, yeah. It was cheap back then, and I was young, and uh, exactly I needed right. to work, quite frankly. <laughs> Uh, Group C, Man City gets it done in dominant fashion. You had to kind of feel for Shakhtar, Donetsk, for having to to bear the wrath of Man City after they got absolutely embarrassed by the Canaries in the Prem. You knew City was going to come out angry, and they did. Yeah, you know, it's funny about that victory at Carroll Road uh, by newly promoted Norwich. Saw an article that said, greatest game in the history of the Premier League. And it's like, you can say maybe greatest upset. But it is not the greatest game of all time. We get into hyperbole. We do. Uh, I will we say, can say it's the greatest game of the season yeah. so far. That was a great game. It was. Back Week and three. forth. Yeah, it was sure. really, really fantastic. But I, I'm with you. It's not the greatest game no. of all time. I would probably say Liverpool-Newcastle, the Collymore goal, the Keegan meltdown. That comes probably first. The drama of teams trying to stay up. That Everton game when they had to beat Sheffield United by three goals. There's, there's some that pop into my head. But... I don't feel sorry for Shakhtar Donetsk because they knocked Tottenham out of the Champions League one time, so screw them. Yeah, so that's we just carry that with us now. No offense to my friends in the Carpathians. Yeah, no offense <laughs> taken, apparently. Uh, group D, you had uh, Lokomotiv Moscow with uh, an easy win over Bayer, but the, the match of the day, I thought, Juve and Atleti, Atletico Madrid and Juventus 2-2, some pretty high-quality soccer on both sides of that one. This is why the Champions League 
is so great. You're not going to get a lot of soft touches in any of these. That's why I said, you know, oh, Olympiacos. Olympiacos is a great team. They just won their last league game 5 nothing. They're they're a good good team. And so this is why the mini league or I should say now the group stages um yeah, you're talking about as you pointed out the working man's team and no Galacticos, no Stadium of Light for them, but Think about, you know, Fernando Torres and all the great athletic players over the years. They've had their share. Without a doubt. And they're going to be a fun one to watch in Group D. Group E, you do have to point out Liverpool nil, Napoli 2, the biggest upset of match day one in the Champions League. What did you think of, of the Napoli upset over Liverpool? Is this just a case of a team having to fight wars on two fronts, as you like to say? Well, it's a little early to make that excuse, um, especially for a team that's too deep like Liverpool. But it just shows, once again, um, Tottenham had to play Napoli last year. They took care of them. Um, they've had some new signings. It's kind of funny, Fernando Llorente, the Tottenham striker who went to that's Napoli. right. He said, there's going to be revenge. And I'm like, you don't get revenge for Tottenham when Napoli beats them. Not only did he get the second goal to ice it late, but he actually outran a few guys. And I think he's about as fast as I am. I will say this about uh, Chucky Lozano, who now plays for Napoli. I think, and I don't want to jinx him, I think he's going to be the the greatest Mexican player since Hugo Perez, probably. He's way better than Chicharito. He's better than Jared Borgetti, who played for West Ham and some of these. You got Rafael Marquez, but he was a defender. Yeah. Um, Herving, by the way, what a great first name. No, no doubt. Uh, that's why he goes by Chucky probably. But <laughs> Chucky Lozano, for his age, um, he's, I'll say, two seasons in Napoli, and then he's going to go to a really big club. That's a big, big <clears throat> call by you, Rick. And it's, mm-hmm. it's another example of how the United States continues to flag behind Mexico as our young star you know, gets, uh, gets some love at Chelsea. But Christian Pulisic, his name escaped me. I was stuck on Christian Benteke in my yes. head for some odd All reason. That, we're but, talking about Belgium, that's yes, why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but while Pulisic tries to cut his teeth in Chelsea, Chucky Luzano goes out and he becomes a real world-class player right before our eyes. We should mention Chelsea as I, as I brought them into the conversation with a very, I'd say, ugly loss against Valencia. A decent side, but... The way that played out with Ross Barkley and the tug of war over the penalty kick, are are we dealing with a sport of five year olds, Rick? Why is there constantly argumentation over penalty kicks? It seems to me that it would be pretty clear the coach has a, an edict and the players follow it. It's something that you just are absolutely correct about. It's constant. It's been around forever. A guy who is on a hat trick, always feels like he deserves it. The guy who won it sometimes feels like he deserves it. A guy who's missed two in a row, it's like, I got to get this monkey off off my back. If I'm the man, and I blame the manager, because the manager will say- bef- Frank Lampard. Yes, before the game, if we get a penalty, blank will take it. And that's just the way it is. And if he comes off, then I will tell you who's going to take it. It's like at Tottenham, it's Harry Kane. Everyone knows it. And he missed one for England the other day. He got one in the Champions League. Nobody's perfect. But his record is pretty spectacular from the spot. Um, There are very, like, Christian Eriksen is not the best penalty taker. He does for Denmark because he's by far their best player. He doesn't do it for Tottenham. So that's on Lampard. And, And I would say to this to Ross Barkley, when was the last time you even tried to score a goal? You want to take it? Right. I, I like Ross Barkley as a young England player. I guess he's not that young anymore. No. But no, no, no. You. What are you doing? 
You got to defer in that case. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is Chelsea doesn't have that veteran player up top anymore. You don't have Eden Hazard. Mm-hmm. You don't have uh, you know the ability to to go to somebody like Pedro, who was not on the pitch, who came down to Willian, who I would prefer, mm. who's taken many. Let a Brazilian take it. <laughs> if you got one name, you get to take the PK. Right. My thing was always, make it, take it. If you made the last one for us in that same setting, you keep taking it. You take them until you miss one or you get one saved, and then we think about maybe moving on. And my rule is never let a defender take a penalty, even in a World Cup. Even if he's your best guy, like Stuart Pierce was for England or... Uh, Matt Jackson was for Scotland. They're the best in practice by far, but they haven't took a shot at a goal outside of maybe a header on a corner in three years. It's just not what they do. Let a striker or an attacking midfielder take it. Elsewhere in Group H, Ajax with a win, and that's uh, a team that continues to build off an impressive result last year in the Champions League. so Yeah, three seconds away from going to the final. Yeah, heartbreaker, and yet they have been able to regroup, and they look pretty good. We do have some Europa action of note, particularly Arsenal, which uh, won today over Eintracht. Of course, the Dutch side. Frankfurt, right? 3-0. Wait, Eintracht Frankfurt? uh, Yeah, Eintracht. I I guess I was thinking about Antwerp. Oh, or maybe you were thinking about um, Anderlecht? No, that's Belgium. Yeah, it could but be. Eintracht Frankfurt. Eintracht Frankfurt. I yes. apologize. They right. they got a red card in the 79th minute. It was already largely over before there. But uh, Bukayo Saka, the 18-year-old, mm. finds the net for Arsenal, as does P.E. Aubameyang, who scores again. Arsenal looking pretty good. I know it's just Europa League, but a win's a win, especially when you're in Europe. Yeah, and for people who make fun of the Europa League... I just did. <laughs> what I mean, like the teams that aren't there, I think it's always funny for the two teams that miss out on a Europa League spot. They always go, "Woo, what a relief. We really need to concentrate on what we got going. Shut up. You know you would have given your left hand to get in there. Right. Oh, we need to focus on our domestic responsibilities. <laughs> we can't be possibly bothered. Elsewhere, we do have Man U and Astana. They're on the pitch right now, scoreless in the 30th minute as we give you just a brief look Mm -hmm. at Europa. Let's go back to uh, Carroll Road again briefly to talk about Norwich 3, Man City 2, and not only what that means for the Canaries, a team that I have felt as if would stay up this year and not be relegated. To get those three points is massive, but what does this say about Man City and its relative vulnerability? I think what it really says to me, is that this is the best league in the world. That's what it says. Man City is not a perfect team. Um, Obviously, you and I know very well, regardless of any sport, when you know you're a million times better than the other team, you can say all the right things, you can talk about it in practice, you can write it on the chalkboard, but deep down or even subconsciously, you know, come on, this is going to be easy. And next thing they knew, it's 2 nothing, and they got slapped in the face, and it was too late for them to come back. And this would have been this would be like Miami beating New England last week like it wouldn't have happened but in the Premier League this is why it's the best league in the world there's only 20 teams so even the worst teams are capable and I say worst in quotes are beating capable of beating the champions which I think is fantastic for the league yeah especially when you have a player like Timo Puki the 28 or 29 year old striker who's come out of nowhere to mm-hmm. become a real force in the Premier League and 
somewhere he'll be playing somewhere else next year. That's a little bit negative. I that's think just we the can, way these selling teams work, right? And if even if Norwich is able to stay up, for example, they're probably not going to invest and buy around him. Pookie becomes so expensive that it makes too much sense to get the money for the transfer and then try to find the next Pookie. Pookie 2.0. Right. And then you want to ask Delia Electric Smith. Electric Boogaloo would have been a better joke <laughs> had I have been focused. <laughs> Delia Smith, the chef, I told you, she came out of Carroll Road and said to the crowd, let's be Avenue. How about That's right. let's be Avenue Pookie, stay on the team and build around him? Be great. Be great. He is more of a veteran player, though. He's not exactly a 19-year-old striker. So yeah. at some point, you do have to get value for a player who... Maybe sought after Spurs four Palace nil. That's a little bit more what we're used to seeing from the Spurs, at least domestically. Anyway, Man U beats Leicester one nothing on a uh, Rashford goal. Liverpool stays perfect, and uh, Chelsea able to put the beat down on Wolves. I do want to skip ahead to Arsenal Watford to talk about that game as the Gunners just can't seem to get out of their own way. Rick in a in a game against. The league's poorest team, they're unable to get the victory. Um, well, it's a, there are so many different London derbies. That is one where the little team is excited and the big team probably wasn't. I said before, I went to Vicarage Road when they were in the lower division. I saw them play um, Leicester City uh, back in the day. It's uh, a stadium that's connected to a mall, or as we would call a mall. Mm. The name of the mall is The Harlequin. And it's got like a little kind of like... Known very... for its romance novels, this mall. <laughs> it's got Fabio with a sword. <laughs> statue. And a seagull stuck to right, his face. And Daisy Dukes. Oh, it's great. Right in the middle. But uh, yeah, Watford is a team. It's funny. The first time I ever heard of Watford, which used to be owned by Elton John, was after the World Cup in 1990. And I was wondering, where are our guys going to go? Who's going to go where? And John Harks went to a lower division team, Sheffield Wednesday, and Tab Ramos went to Real Batiste. And where are these guys going to go? Tony Miola was going to get a trial at Watford. And I thought, who the hell is that? <laughs> and he can only get a trial, and then they didn't want him. Yeah, that's that was the state of American soccer at that time, yeah. where exports were not uh, necessarily being sought from the United States. And then I think about 94, two guys with hair... Lawless got signed by newly promoted Padova, and he was horrifying in Serie A. And uh, Coventry City signed Kobe Jones, who I consider a friend now after all these years being on my show a hundred times. It's because of the hair. It's funny, Phil Neal was the manager at that time, the former England player, and then Big Ron Atkinson, the former Manchester United manager, he came in. The first thing he did was release Kobe Jones. Wow. Get out. He just wasn't cutting it. No. But he is the pincushion for Mexico. Remember at Korea 2002 when the United States beat Mexico in the knockout game 2-0? The last 10 minutes of that game was Rafa Marquez kicking Kobe Jones up the butt. Man, and I I've remember Rafa Marquez getting a red against the earthquakes in some MLS action. Mm. His reputation preceded him as a dirty player, and it was well-earned. Kind of a, uh, a red, green, and white ass, if you want to go with El Tri. Well done. Well done. <laughs> L tree, my shoe up your L tree is where uh, that's going to go. Don't come barking up L tree. That's right. Yeah. Goodbye, uh, Norma Jean L tree, as we keep the Elton John nice. alive. Uh, match day six is but a day away, Rick. It's mm. only a day away. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Southampton the will face. Sun will come out. <laughs> Southampton will face Bournemouth. Nice. And that's tomorrow. So that is a uh, that's a South Coast derby too. If you think about uh, Bournemouth, and I always, and this is going to sound really dumb, but me being the history buff, most of our 
troops, when they went to D-Day, they either left from Portsmouth or Bournemouth. So, you know, it's the mouth. It's the mouth for which you are born, where all the ships will come in. Uh, but then again, I did see when when they got rid of the Dell, the old stadium of Southampton, and they built the St. Mary Stadium. I went there the first year. It was one degree Celsius. It wow. was in January. Yes. I walked across the Itchen Bridge. And I said, isn't it bitching right. to when walk across the, the itchin. Itchin. It's very good. And Tottenham lost 3 nothing, And so, and of course, that's where uh, Tottenham manager got his start in England. But uh, why not go for the Cherries and Bournemouth in that one? Southampton coming off a 1-0 win over Sheffield United in the previous fixture. Bournemouth coming off a 3-1 victory over Everton and the Evertonians. Just throw this into for a selling club. Think about... The young Southampton team roommates, Theo Walcott and Gareth Bale. Wow. And they, they had s- both. They sold both of them. Unable to keep them around. And that's the, the culture of the selling team. Well, it's like West Ham. They sell Rio Ferdinand, Jermaine Defoe, Frank Lampard, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick, Rio Ferdinand. We'll get a good player, sell them. Yeah, that's unfortunately that's the way business works when you're not one of the big six mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Spurs are on the road. At Leicester, that's the early game, Saturday morning, third game in basically eight days for Spurs. Do you feel any letdown coming, or is that one that they should be able to handle? I don't know. I mean, as, as you were saying, they scored six straight goals, if you think about uh, the Eagles and then um, Olympiacos, and then they've given up to... I, I hope that lit a fire under them, but, but I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint Tottenham this year. Lester, of course, um, I'll always remember that Robert Hoot goal at the lane, which cost Tottenham the championship and gave it to Lester as far as just that point in the season. But uh, Tottenham should win that game. But when they go to the king power to play the Foxes, watch out for that slippery, skinny guy, Jamie Vardy. And the Foxes only one defeat in five fixtures this year coming just last weekend. Man, you got them 1-0. So Lester, one of the nice surprises here in the early mm-hmm. going as they sit on fifth place through those five matches. Norwich is at Burnley looking to parlay the great result over Man City. Do you ever watch the in-betweeners? No. No, I don't. Do yourself a favor on Netflix. Watch all three seasons of it. It's four. They tried to do it for MTV. It didn't work over here. Four English guys. But there's a uh, in the in-betweeners movie, they're on a bus with these Burnley fans, and they're singing all the Burnley fans. And Will says to himself, you know what? I like football, but Burnley can F off. <laughs> so this week I say Burnley can F off. Okay. And yes. they're at home, so they won't have far to go if, in fact, they take your advice. <laughs> Everton hosting Sheffield United. Man City will welcome Watford to the Etihad. Watch out for those. It's funny. The Watford are the bees, mm-hmm. but their logo is a moose. And that makes no sense. No. Please explain. You know what? It's funny because I've asked Watford fans that and they go, isn't that funny? I go, what's the reason? (laughs) It's a joke, isn't it? But I go, what's the reason? (laughs) You know, I don't know. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. I'd have to look it up, I guess. But when you ask their own fans, they don't know. Yeah, then that means it's not worthy of being looked up at all, quite frankly. Newcastle hosting Brighton and then Sunday, a nice little... Four game slate, the two early games, 6 a.m. You got Palace hosting Wolves and the Hammers hosting this ultra young Man U squad. Then it's Arsenal hosting Villa. And then the big match, in my opinion, of the weekend, Chelsea and Liverpool. How do you size up that matchup between 
Chelsea, who may not have Mason Mount, who was injured Mm -hmm. in the Champions League tussle, but an ultra-young Chelsea team against really the pride of Europe and Liverpool. Just as a a Chelsea fan, if you think about Mount and Pulisic growing together as a tandem, that's exciting for you. And Tammy Abraham, you throw him in there as well. That's true. And you think about the amount of quality that they still have in some ways. Some of the older players mixed with the young players and a coach who's still trying to find his way. For me, this season is, it's not so much an afterthought, but it's not as much about looking at the table. It's looking at the quality of the player you it's have a reload. Yeah, it's a reload, but it's also an assessment. You know, you want to see what you have from the players on the pitch. You're not fixated on Europe or bust because, quite frankly, your team is probably not Europe-worthy right now. So develop the young players, keep them healthy, be competitive, try to make it to Europe. But ultimately, for me, it's about the quality of what you're putting out as opposed to the results. I did catch you say the amount of talent, and I know that was intended, wasn't it? Yes, yes, Mason Mount. The amount, amount, M mount would have been better. I knew a girl in college whose last name was Mount, and you can only imagine the jokes the poor thing got. That's really rough. Yeah, that's really that's, and, that's and a rough. One. Where would you put it on your Mount Mountmore of names? Wow, it's, it would be down there. <laughs> but if you did like Mount Mountmore, you would have to go with Rick Mount, of course, yeah. the great uh, basketball phenom and the sermon. Yes, the sermon on the mount would have to be out there, and Maisie, maybe Mason Mount. Makes it on there. Sure. Because there aren't that many mounts when you start to do Mount Mount more. I think about um, where West Ham plays now. They're no longer at the the Bowling Ground, if you want, in the East End. And they play, well, it is East End, but it's Stratford. They play in the Olympic Stadium, which they never sell out. I wonder if the most exciting thing that's happened this year was the Red Sox-Yankees games there. Right, right. Those games were pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Runs aplenty. Lots of homers. Yes. Do you have a story for us, Rick, before we uh, I just wrap had it up a, a quick little one. Somebody, Maybe a vignette? Yeah, just a little uh, more. Um, one time I got to um, ask uh, Rude Hulett a question when he brought the LA Galaxy to the Coliseum. That's where David Beckham took off his shirt and he yelled, thank you, San Jose. <laughs> nice. But I asked him, this is when the European champions were going on, championships were going on, and Marco Van Basten, his old strike partner, was coach of Holland, and he was getting a lot of stick. And I asked him, I go, what do you think of the job Van Basten is doing? And Rude Hulett gave a 10-minute answer saying that the press sucks, they're against us. Well, a few years ago, I had Rude on the phone from Holland at his son's youth game. And he's giving me the longest answers ever. And so I said, do you mind staying around for another segment? Sure. Why not? He gave me an hour (laughs) on a cell phone from Holland. And all he did was talk about how the Dutch press wants us to lose, wants us to lose. And I thought about that the other day because I was looking at the English press, which of course they want to build you up and then they can't wait to rip you down again. And so uh, watching British announcers too, they'll always say things like, you know, be one nothing in the 13th minute. Well, I think this one is over, isn't it? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> or when the other team takes a shot and they go, oh, they're up for this. They might try and, and, uh, and tie. You think they're not trying? Right, in it's, the 23rd minute. It's just so weird. And then they used to do all the time with soccer highlights, they would show the final score and then they'd show the highlights. I'm like, in America, we show the highlights, and then we go, and it ended up 7-2 to two Red Sox. Right. Can we have a little mystery? Yeah, build it up for me. Uh, they're all wrong. One more thing about that. JB Sports, which um, Dave Whelan founded. He's the owner of, um, what's the team now? Um, uh, not Wolves. What's the, Oh, Wigan. Wigan Athletic. 
he decided to have an American style sporting goods store because in England, and I saw a friend buy a TV this way. There's a guy behind a counter and you ask for something, he goes in the back and he gives it to you. And that's how you would buy your sporting equipment. And they said, in America, when a boy holds a football, a soccer ball, in his hands, he wants to have it. So we're going to have self-help sports. Wow. You can pick up the ball and take it and go buy it. And that was a revolution in England. American-style sporting goods. So in many ways, they're forward, and in many ways, they're still King George. Yeah, it's crazy. Next thing you know, they'll be pumping their own gas, too. (laughs) Their own petrol. I had a friend one time, an exchange student from England. I'm in junior high. And by the way, this podcast will end in about 20 minutes. But she said- Up in five stories. <laughs> she said, do you know where we can get petrol? And I was like, I don't think we have that here. I had no idea, man, Cass. She also said, someone was stabbed in Oakland. I went, yeah, that's just down the road. <laughs> this was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.